0: the pride of limerick
1: the young man named sean sheehan
0: the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe mma people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else i see them coming up and they're getting their shot and i'm proud that people are coming up with me yep i 99 of the severe mma podcast is back happy new year to everyone we're here late night on the first of january providing you with the best mma analysis talk entertainment that you'll find anywhere on the internet my name is sean sheen from SevereMMA.com. with me is the irish mma media don graham mcdonald and we're about to give you an, an hour or so of you know some good mma talk before we get into that just le- let us give a shout out to our sponsors rosnutrition.com uh, our ros nutrition are ireland's leading supplement provider. they have all that good stuff like uh vitamins and antioxidants proteins and amino acids green foods you know, all that good stuff for your, uh, for your sports performance, head on over to rosnutrition.com, they have some great deals up there uh, at the moment for the new year, you know, a lot of people heading back to the gym and stuff, getting their gains on, getting their new year's resolutions down, so we'll give you a helping hand with that, and you can get 25% off your first order with the promo code SEVERE MMA head on over rsnutrition.com, pick out what you want. They have great details into their products and, and different things like that for your body shape or your your um, sport or, or whatever you want to do. Um, pick out what you need, put it into your cart. When it comes to the end, to look for a promo code. Stick in Severe MMA, all one word, big letters, and get 25% off your first order. rosnutrition.com. Graham, how has the new year been for you so far? We're, what, 23 hours into it now. Has it been good?
1: Yeah, it's been well. It's been short, but it's been good. I was mm. there last night having a few drinks, so I was a bit hungover earlier. But <laughs> I've recovered now. Yeah,
0: that's a, a bit of ROS nutrition. I'll get get that into you. You know, help you. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> help you recover. Uh, but yeah, I suppose. <laughs> You know, it was a good year for MMA in general and I think we'll have our awards out um possibly Tuesday. So we're gonna I think we're gonna do a, a little chat on that as well. Nile Nile's expert uh Facebook Live um syncing is is gonna get us <laughs> an old chat during the week about that. So we'll talk we'll review the, the year then. But I suppose for today what we're gonna do is look back at uh at UFC two oh seven. You know, they probably say one of the best cards of the year for last with you know a lot of change, a lot of movement on that card, and some some pretty good fights. And I so suppose let's get let's get right into it. The main event: Ronda Rousey against Amanda Nunes. Graham, I, I just throw it straight at you. What were what your thoughts? I, I, well, let's talk about the actual fight first before we get into all the the you know all the what came before it and what came after it. I know we bought Pique Rousey last week. How shocked were you that she came out and you know fought the way she did?
1: Yeah, well, it, I was very surprised because I thought she'd had a lot of time out. She would have obviously looked at the last fight. Her team would have looked at the last fight. Like I know Edmund coming with a lot of criticism, but it it, it didn't take an expert coach to, to, to see that that uh, that she can't be standing with people. She needs to. She need, she she can't box very well. Like this whole thing about Edmund saying she's going to be or she could beat all these world champion boxers and all. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, she need, he needs to stop saying stuff like that to her and putting these ideas in her head. She needs to stick to her strengths. Like, I can't believe that wasn't the game plan. That should have been the game plan, is stick to your strengths. All this be elusive, move your head, Rhonda, that he was shouting in the corner, like, mind-boggling that they that, that was the game plan again.
0: Uh, was it the game plan, though? I'm, I'm not exactly sure it was our game to plan to come out and box. Like, at a, you know, at a certain point, you kind of have to come out and you, you know... You have to set up your takedowns, or like people know what's coming from Rousey now, and then you know they know they knew what happened in the home fight and they knew how oh, home stopped her. So I'm sure like Rousey was thinking, you know, what am I going to do to change things up? And like we didn't actually get to see any of that, I suppose. It's hard to know what improvements she made. If any, look, before we get into the whole mental side of things and all, just I look at it technically, like Rousey came out. And I think Paul Redmond actually said I was thinking of myself. And, and when he said it, I was like, "Yeah, uh, she like it, it was like she half threw her shots. You know, it was like she she wasn't sure about him. She was just so her confidence was just absolutely shot. She was, you know, she was she was like someone who's totally gun shy, who's who was expecting to lose, who who the moment got to her, who knew she was outmatched. She just looked like someone like that. Like she came out." Yeah, she threw a jab and and it was immediately countered. Uh, Nunez countered her. Now, what Nunez did at the very start, right, she kind of stood in the pocket and she used her footwork to kind of go around Rousey so she couldn't get closer and she threw shots all the time. And, like, uh, that was for me, and I thought spoke about it last week, and I wrote in my article, like, that was the game plan I thought she's, you know, used for the whole fight. And, uh, um you know, and then if Rousey could beat that, getting inside or whatever, you know, it, it'd be, it'd change the fight. But, like, immediate, immediately, she was like, oh, I don't even need to do this. I don't need to have any respect for Ronda Rousey whatsoever. She she hit her with one shot, and she was like, okay, I'm just going into... I'm just putting the afterburners on. And she just went straight for her, through combination after combination, just absolutely no respect for Rousey at all, just throwing everything out there, hitting her at will. Rousey threw one right hand, and that was all she threw in the whole fight. And, you know, it it was just Nunes from there. It was... An yeah, she was already redemption. she was already
1: rocked by that stage as well yeah. when she landed that right she she looked shook from the first punch she took. It didn't it it looked it hit her, but it didn't look like it would have rocked her. But she just looked like she was like she might have been getting some flashbacks to the last fight or something. Yeah, exactly. She must have been like, Oh shit, this is exactly what's going on. This is exactly what's going down again. And she just looked shook. She just fought, panicked then from that moment on and just looked completely over deck looked like looked absolutely terrible. Just yeah. looked terrible
0: like you have to think as well her preparation like we speak about you know mentality and stuff and we we spoke about lint last week that you know there's i think the self mentality is a bigger thing than you know talking crap and all that and my views are very uh very well known on that but like if you're going in there and you're not sure you know if you're still going to try, like the, the those things for me should have i know it's it's not something you can really do totally but those things should have been gone out and sparring she should have been sparring you know boxers why, why didn't she get katie taylor into her camp or you know some you know different types of boxers why wasn't well, i know. think
1: it's actually she need to do much more basics though if she was yeah she katie taylor wouldn't be good for her i don't think she like she just got it.
0: it it'd be something look I, I i think the main point is she should have upped and left her trainer because I don't like. (laughs) Like he's had enough bad things said about him, but he has no business training a top level UFC fighter or any level UFC fighter. To be honest, he just—it's obvious that he has no idea what he's doing. Like he's—he's never taught her to throw a a jab properly, or to you know, she, as you said, the basics. She's just clueless on the basics—basics of boxing. And and it's not just that—it's—it's her injuries. She's no wrestling, you know, apart from her judo. Where when you like see Ronda throwing a double leg or going for a single leg or you just don't see it pushing someone up against the fins. It just it just yeah. doesn't happen. She just relies she, on her judo. She,
1: she didn't seem to have well, it's obviously a very small sample size of her last that last fight against Nunez, but she didn't yeah. look to have added anything. She would she could have even threatened with a couple of double legs or single leg, but she did, she never even looks in position to she doesn't look comfortable doing that. I don't know. It's it's um it, yeah, I know. I keep saying this, and you just said it. But like, I even before the fight, but Edmund and uh, Glendale, like, it's just not working. For, it's not working for her. Like, it, even if she, like, she obviously has a good relationship with them, and she she has uh, loyalty to them, but she just the results speak for themselves. Like, she's she's going out there and getting embarrassed. Like, that was that was really embarrassing for her. Like, surely, like, it's like she could stay with them. Like, would she like that? That would have to push her to make a decision especially with her mom
0: yeah
1: her mom pushing for it as well like for, for the last year even before the the holly home fight her mom was out against them <laughs> so hopefully ho- hopefully for ronda she she can uh take a little bit of time off and, and, and come back if she wants to with another gym but if she's going to come back with glendale i don't think there's much point in coming back you're better off just retiring like we did a poll on um severe twitter uh, and about, over hundred thousand people voted, and eighty-one percent think she'll never fight again, and nineteen percent think she will. Our consensus is that she won't fight again. But like, if she was under somebody like Greg Jackson or Faraz Sahabi or lo- a load of coaches out there, she could come back a different animal. She could get her confidence back, and she could she could add things to her game. Like she she's she's a quick learner. Like uh, I'd say from from all indications. So like it wouldn't take that long to 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 sort this out and get back get back in uh, contention, but maybe she doesn't want it. Maybe these upcoming people like Nunez and Holly Holm want it more than her now, and she always used to want it more than than everybody else, and now now she doesn't.
0: Yeah, like I think the thing on moving camp as well. I it's obvious that she has a very close relationship with Edmund and stuff, and, you know, it's it's kind of bad because we. We don't see that really, or we don't maybe understand it. You know, looking from the inside in, it's very it's very easy to be harsh on that. But, like, she could easily look like Cody Garbrandt at the beginning. His uncle, you know, he he taught him boxing and stuff coming up. He brought him to amateur fights and stuff like that. And he, you know, he had him in his cor- corner, brought him in and made him, you know, made him part of it, even though he's with Team Alpha Male. Like, she could do that, you know. She's going to be fighting in big fights, main event fights more than likely. She can have four corners, you know, go Go to the TriStar, train with Faraz Sahabi, you know, for six or eight months or whatever it is, and have you know have both of them in your corner like Faraz is, uh, has cornered with Greg Jackson and people before in GSP's corner. But that's something that could be done. Like because I uh, like it, it's easy to say I'll oh, just you know throw it out. It's not working. It's not happening for you. But there's per- personal relationships as well there. And obviously, look if she's coming back again, I, I I totally agree. She something needs to be done, and I think she needs to. To move to def- if, she's dead,
1: get dead dead on, if dead set on the same with Edmund, yeah, she can she can go off to for a couple of months at a time to different gyms, or she she can afford to bring in whatever training partner, she, whatever coach she yeah. wants. Like she, she's not like she like Connor spends money on camps. Like she um, she could spend money on a camp if if, if she really wants this. Like the question kind is really now: does, does she really want this anymore? Like, yeah. yeah, there was talk before she even lost about her going off to Hollywood and all this all this stuff. <laughs> I, you got to want it. Like in MMA, if you don't want it, like you're going to get, you're going to get, you're going to lose.
0: That's the thing. So, like, how much do you think the mentality of the whole thing played into it? Like, that's a year festering in her, you know, in the back of her head. Obviously, she, you know, we've discussed that ad nauseum now, the not doing the media and stuff. Like, how much do you think that played into her head? Or do you think it was just a total, you know, a technical thing? Or like, I don't I think we bought obviously we bought Picker to win, and thought she would have done a lot better. Like, from just for me, I thought she'd at least have her head screwed on. You know, I I thought okay, she's not doing the media and stuff. Yeah, that's what
1: I meant about the game yeah. plan earlier. I'm like, I, I, surely she'll have a game plan now in this one after what happened the last time against a, a dangerous striker again.
0: Yeah,
1: but maybe she did, and it just all went out the window when she got hit for the first time. Like, it's the first time in the fight. It's it's hard to know. Like, but she definitely didn't stick to the game plan if there was a game plan anyway by the looks of things
0: yeah. like the thing is, is what, women's MMA is still very new and obviously we're at the stage where maybe people who were more um you know they only have maybe boxing or they only have wrestling or they only have on Ronda's case judo can still get to a pretty high level and obviously she did she dominated for a while and things are maybe changing a little bit now Nunes is you know she's good everywhere but Styles make fights as well, and we, you know, we saw what home did her, and you know, Nunes knew that she could do a similar thing. But the thing with Ronda Rousey is she still has the athleticism; she's still a great athlete, and you know that was the reason I picked her because I thought, you know, she could get in and she could use her athleticism. You know, if she had her head, her head stuck on. And a lot of people say, "Oh, she's finished. You know, that's it. She she'd never be back again." And I think she probably never will be back in, but I think she could come back again. You know, I think she's like (laughs) it's easy to say like she two devastating losses but she had 12 huge wins before that as well you know she's not she's not the worst fighter in the world you know i I, and i really think someone like farasa habby give her you know two or three training camps with her a couple of fights and she could be back in there again you know teach her the basics she you know she can learn them she really wants to do it and uh you know i'd love to see it personally but I, i just i don't think it will happen
1: It'll, it'll only happen if she if she really wants to come back and, and and fix this. Like she if she wants to like step back and look at it from an outside or try and look at it from an outside view and what's going wrong. It, she must. It's it's obvious to see. Like people aren't just hating on Edmund for no reason. Like yeah. you know people have been saying this for years. When she was winning, when she was beating everybody in a minute, people were saying this guy's a terrible coach, even though she was unstoppable at the time in people's minds. Like, this isn't a knee-jerk reaction because she lost a fight or two, now two fights, you know. Even her mum, like, I keep coming back to this, but, like, when your mum, like, they're very close family, like, you know, it's it's obviously causing problems there. Like, she obviously has been told that this is a problem, like, but she just, she's very stubborn, like, obviously, as well. Like, you know, she did, she was very stubborn about the media, her whole stick, like, she kept it up. Like, she didn't speak at the weigh-in, ceremonial weigh-in and, or anything, like, you know, she she's stubborn. Yeah
0: see there's a big problem in her as well and that that's one of them that she is stubborn and she's you know she's lost a lot of her fans after this and all like i think fans in mma are very good and they'll stick with you through defeat you know we see that all the time look at mcgregor fans look at diaz you know look at bj pin people still think bj pin is the best in the world and you know but i think the fact that she didn't do the media and she was so quiet didn't come out afterwards apart from you know an espn thing from her her, uh, what did uh, Chuck Mindenhall put it as today? Her uh, her personal journalist. Uh, I think she called her Ramona Shelburne. That's all that's come out. I think that doesn't work well for. Her. Like, look at the look at the reception Dominic Cruz got at the weekend after his loss uh, for doing that press conference. Like, look at the the talk McGregor got after his loss when he came out and sat down and did that press conference after getting beaten by Diaz. Like, look at Misha Tate when she got beaten by Amanda Nunes. You know these things matter, like, and they help. And you know the fact Rousey isn't doing them is not going to help her. And another thing as well, and I think this is the biggest point to whether she fights or not again. Can she get those Hollywood jobs that were taking her away from MMA? Do they? Do they still exist for her after the two losses? Like, Rousey, remember when when she was fighting home before that? Even she was talking about taking, you know, a good bit of time off to do movie roles and different things she was taking about 10 months off like where are those movie roles where are those movies Has she done any movies
1: yeah well i'd say the offers won't be they're probably flowing in before they won't be now and then maybe for smaller movies not big budget movies and i don't know how much interest she would have in them and she's still completely unproven as an actor as well people just assume she's going to be a good actor like gina carano's they reference gina carano's acting career as if it was some kind of like whirlwind success but I'm pretty sure she had to have like her her whole film, all her lines had to be dubbed over by another actress in one of her films. <laughs> so like you know, it's Definitely, not a given. It's not. It's not. A, I haven't seen that, Brilliant. but it's not a given that um, Ronda Ranzi's going to be a good actress, like or a good actor. It's um, and now like you you've just been you've just been finished uh, with strikes twice in a row, and your stock is obviously down. Like you, know, especially as you say, the way she reacted, people don't like that. People like uh, humble and gracious responses to losses they, they don't want to hear excuses like tito ortiz for years people be mocking them about oh broken skull or back broken back or what's wrong with him now like the second he loses you know there's a big laundry list of excuses coming nobody nobody fans don't like that like people ridicule you for that
0: yeah but even like even look at the diaz brothers like to said, oh i'm gonna beat you with next time or something even if they even if she said something like that i don't know if, if, she just seems like such a snowflake you know it's just i don't know it's just she seems so soft and stuff and it's weird because that was the exact opposite view of her not too long ago you know she was like the toughest remember people used to call her the tough the hardest unarmed woman in the world you know and it's 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 so odd like and it's you know it's a bad character trait as well for someone in that position like someone who's like put herself up as a role model and things like that and you know just
1: role model stuff though do they put themselves up as a role model or do people pick them as a role model
0: no she's done it herself like this whole dnb thing and all yeah she did that like yes
1: she she just said that and then it got picked up like by she made t-shirts and everything and she afterwards though yeah but
0: that's just smart
1: business though you know
0: yeah, but still she's putting herself up there. She, you know, whether it's smart business or, or not, like she's still doing it. And I don't know, it's you know, she's in a very tough position and it's gonna be huge to see, you know, where she does go from here. But like if those movie movie roles aren't coming in and stuff, why can't she go you know, why can't she go to Canada for six months and you know, get in there with Farasa Habi or, you know, ATT or someone like that, you know? I, I don't know Nunes is there, so maybe that won't happen, but <coughs> you know. I still have, I'd still have hope for Underoosi if she tried to do it again, but she needs, she needs to get in. She, you know, she needs to be put in tough positions and come, come through them. You know, there. I read someone, I don't know, it was like midway through her break the last year and like talking about her judo career and stuff, and that a lot of, a lot of times she lost in judo. She like kick up a stink and like you know say she didn't lose or you know she'd be gone for a couple of months and stuff and not come back and when she when she got the bronze medal like people were thinking okay she's gonna go on and win the gold down four years but she kind of just gave up and stuff after that and that's kind of you know they that article was like that's kind of a a character uh, as i engineer kind of a character trait in her as well that she kind of gives up a little bit earlier uh you know a little bit quickly and i think you know after the after the whole home, the loss, and what happened here. Like, you can't... Okay, you can fault her for what happened in the cage, but you can't fault her for getting in there trying. But this this time just looked like she didn't want to be in there. You know, it, it, it was so weird. Like, okay, getting beaten badly in a fight, but she looked like she was... You know, she looked like she was beaten before she even threw a punch. She looked like she was never going to win that fight. And that's something very odd in MMA Like
1: I don't know, but uh, I think it was when she got hit with that first punch that she kind of thought, I'm not going to win this fight. But I think if she had just gone in there and got a quick toss and got on top, she probably would have been thinking, oh, this is great. Like, you know, it, it would have been a completely different. It would have given sure. her given her confidence, you know. She, it would have been like, oh, yeah, it was just a blip. But then when she just kind of was like deja vu, she was just getting pieced up. She was She panicked.
0: Maybe. I'm I'm not sure that it's hard to know though. It's very
1: short fight as well.
0: I'm usually on the other side of it. Like I just the way like the way she acted beforehand and the way she acted afterwards, not speaking to anyone. Like it's hard to say, okay, she's not speaking to anyone, not doing anything, doesn't want to be mentally rattled beforehand before the fight and the exact same after the fight but during the fight then she's fine know, I, I think that's a hard assumption to make really but um you know I don't know I
1: think it, the confidence the confidence comes if you if if everything starts going your way in the fight like
0: that's true though, yeah.
1: maybe if Dom Cruz had a had of come in and taken down Garbrandt straight away after tagging him a couple of times and got on top then Garbrandt would have been like oh shit maybe he's right it just like even subconsciously, you know, and but when he starts landing his punches, he's like, "Oh, I told you so." You know, he was getting very much more confident as the fight went on when he was landing. Like, yeah. I know we'll talk about that a lot in the, as we go, but it, I think um the fight going your way at the start could, could have given her the or going her way at the start could have given her the confidence that that she was obviously a bit lacking. But when she started getting hit with them shots, she just she just seemed to freeze.
0: Yeah, just before we move on to the to next fights. Word on Amanda Nunes, because I think it's it's a bit unfortunate for her to kind of be left out of here. I think she, like, the exact opposite to Rosie all week. I think she was brilliant. You know, she spoke to Ariel. She did a media scrum when she probably didn't even need to do it. Gave a great, obviously a great fight. Unbelievable display gave a great interview afterwards, put up that Photoshop of Rousey, <laughs> you know, it was ice cold, but that was what she was going with, and I think, I think it's serving her well, um, went to the, you know, went to the press conference afterwards, and, and, you know, spoke well as well, now, this, uh, Dana White said it beforehand, what's the point in, you know, in um, giving Amanda Nunes some promotion, oh, all the promotion she'll ever need is, you know beating Ronda Rousey, and. You know, he's kind of right. You know, if you're looking at it this way, I think this could be a thing that people, I know, people may not appreciate how good she is yet, because maybe they're thinking, "Oh, Ronda Rousey's kind of just finished now." But I can give her another fight. Maybe she'll on. Maybe if if she was to fight home down the line as well, I think it, it could be a big thing for her. But I'm a big fan of Amanda Nunes, and I think she, she performed very well all weekend.
1: Yeah, she was brilliant, as you say, all weekend in the in the fight as well. She was like she ran straight through her, like she was nothing. And uh, and then when Edmund was <clears throat> when Rhonda was a coach, Edmund was um, <clears throat> was uh, yelling in the corner but an early stop, but she just went over and sh- shushed him. That was just brilliant. Yeah. Just just ice cold, as you say, ice cold. Yeah. Like and I'm then seven... the, the tweet obviously as well of the yeah the tweet uh, the tweet straight after she just <laughs> she's just like she, she's just owning it, <laughs> owning that that stance she's taken, Like.
0: Do you think? Do you think there's anyone in that division at the moment that can beat her? I know Shevchenko is fighting? Um, he's fighting Juliana Pena coming up soon. Yeah. Do you think any of? Yeah, well, she's. Also?
1: Yeah, I think they can. They can beat her. I think if if she can get uh, into the later rounds against her third, fourth, fifth round, I think in the past anyway that she's kind of wilt, uh, wilted, like Katzengano. I think that was a third round, was it? That was um one of her losses. What was her other loss?
0: Um, she lost. Who did she lose to? Hmm
1: I think she has four losses in total, but I think like two of them in the UFC. Yeah, she
0: lost no only one loss in the UFC to Captain Ghana. Yeah. Uh, she lost Alexis okay, Davis yeah, in yeah, Strike she...
1: Force. Strike force. Yeah, yeah. She lost to Sarah Delaleo as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um She's all she Yeah, I think, think uh, Madeline everything. is a much better fighter. Yeah, I think she's a much better fighter than um than she was back when she lost Cat That was what, two and a half years ago. Like, you know, a lot's changed since then the game moves on a lot, especially in the women's women's side of things. Cause like there's so much more r- room for growth there. Like, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I, I definitely don't think she's going to be, uh, she's like, nobody's going to beat her. Like, I think, I think she's definitely beatable, but, um, she's a strong champion though. I wouldn't be surprised if she could, if she could uh, hold on to it for a couple of years either. Yeah. She seems to be improving fight to fight and, and she's just, that would give her all the confidence in the world as well. That, that, big spot, getting that victory, like and obviously coming off UCT 100, she's, she's, uh, at the highest point of her career and she can build on that
0: yeah, I agree like that obviously we saw that Shashenko fight before that'd be a great fight but I think Pina you know Nunes is a very good takedown defense but I think the the wrestling that Pina brings is a very very tough um, very good on top you know all, all she needs is one takedown she knows she's one of those people on one takedown in a round and she has her own. and as you say you know there's questions over Nunez maybe as a third, fourth, fifth round, round fighter if she could bring her there that could be a very interesting fight as well so yeah it's it's a good one to uh to look at before just before we get to the rest we'll just have a quick two or three minutes on on the 145 pound division obviously since the last time we had a full podcast cyborg has um failed the drugs test well she's popped with USADA, and she's to go through the whole arbitration and everything, but um, for all intents and purposes, you know, she's failed the drug test, but we'll we'll determine whether that's illegal or not down the road, uh, and the 145-pound title is going to be between uh, Holly Holm, who we just mentioned, and Jermaine Anime. I said last night that I think that should be scrapped and made into, maybe not a number one contender fight, but maybe a number one contender fight to fight the winner of Nunes and Shevchenko slash Pena. Would you like to see that, or would you like to see him continue with 145-pound division? um
1: it kind of depends on how much how far they've gone with trying to set up the division if they've literally just getting girls to move from 135 to 145 or if they're in the process of signing 145ers it's probably if they're not in the process of signing 145ers or have already so- already signed them then yeah I'd, i think i think just make that a uh, 135 pound fight and if you make it a number one we'll contender about then i'm sure the Holly Holman around, and we won't mind too much.
0: Yeah, the problem as well with that is Dana White said, someone asked him, is that the main event? And he said, at the moment it is. So maybe if it changes from being at the moment, uh, yes, it is. I don't think there's any chance <laughs> they scrap it. But if they can get someone else in there, maybe Habib versus Aldo or something like that, I think that could be uh, could be the main event there. But, you know, it's it's hard to see him getting rid of the title when they need, you know, we're talking about the fairy tales for the last few weeks with like the Max Holloway belt and stuff, putting it in there. For uh, just for the interim, the interim title, just to get a headliner, you know, it's very hard to see him taking that away. Even though they probably should, you know, with with Cyborg, if she gets, you know, she could get a year, or eighteen months, or whatever. You know, it's 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 tough to see where that division goes. I I've said it all along. I don't think they're bringing in the full division. I think they're just bringing in contenders to fight for the belt. <clears throat> to be honest, I and uh, I don't. That not that's not division though, really. <laughs> but not not really. If you only have like. The champion and then someone fighting her every six months, you know, that's an division, really. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think of this whole Cyborg thing? Um,
1: yeah. um, it's unfortunate, like, she's, she's been caught before and now she's obviously it's a potential you saw violation, uh, it hasn't been arbitrated yet or whatever, but it doesn't look good for her. Like, the, <clears throat> I think I might be reading this wrong, but it seemed to me over the years that Dana kind of was looking for excuses not to have cyborg around he he was talking about her failing that drug test for years even though he ignores when other fighters that are popular uh <laughs> failed drug tests i know who you're talking about it. Uh,
0: <laughs> i know you're thinking of let's tell you Good guess. Go on, tell me. you have someone in your head right now don't you maybe donald's ronnie
1: well, yeah, the answer only, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there
0: you go. Yeah, but uh, a lot of people don't even know. I like, I didn't even remember that when you when you said it. But look, the thing about Cyborg. I suppose is... it was in
1: WEC, so people, on, people were, weren't really watching it. And UFC obviously has a much bigger fan base than WEC ever had. Yeah, the
0: thing about Cyborg is like. I think a lot of people, including myself, have like said to people, look, she she failed the drug test, that's past her. Let's just move on with it. And you know, we had because the discussion just dies if you keep saying, Oh, she failed the drugs test, you know, she shouldn't be fighting, she can't make one thirty five because she failed drugs. That's like that's just a back and forth arguments that goes nowhere because mm. that had happened and it was in the past, right? And she just couldn't make one thirty five at that stage. You know, that's that's the way it is, but this fa- failing this test just like intensifies that argument. And look, that's fair enough. The people who made that argument, you know, you're justified, whatever, you know, fair enough. But it just looked, I think, who I think Ariel said it, or maybe Luke Thomas, there's nobody in the UFC who needed to fail the drugs as less than Cyborg, you know, she you know she she's just she has so many advantages already physically and you know skills wise and everything that for to see someone like her you know to be taking drugs you know allegedly it just makes it the cheating even worse you know it's like the same kind of win for john jones a little bit even though that was a different situation or like you know if you see someone just beating everyone easily like and then you find out they're on drugs as well it just makes it so much worse i think
1: yeah, she was catching up on Josh Barnett's record, but then he, he popped again, so <laughs> he, did. He, takes, he takes the lead even further again.
0: What a, what a man, He just didn't give a fuck, does he, Josh Barnett? You yeah. have to...
1: he ruined Donald Trump's promotion affliction by failing a drug test before the Fedor fight, and the whole yeah. promotion fell apart.
0: Yeah. Indeed, it did, right.
1: So maybe Donald Trump would have never run for president. It's all it's Josh our, Barnett's all Barnett. People hate
0: him. Hillary Clinton, let him Did it, no. Insert a picture of Eddie Bravo here. Uh, okay let's talk about the comment event just an absolutely brilliant fantastic fight loved it so much coming of age fight for cody garbrandt beating dominic cruz who a lot of people thought me had that fight won before they ever got into the cage that's odd isn't it and and cody garbrandt actually came out with the belt how did that happen Hmm, not sure anyway (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about that first okay the elephant in the room I think you're kind of in agreement with me, are you? Or maybe you're not you know, about the whole mentality and the, the trash talk making absolutely no difference. How are you in the other side of it? I, I
1: I think it makes a bit of difference, but I think as I as I'm kind of saying with Ron earlier, once you kind of once you start kind of winning in the fight or doing well in the fight, you kind of forget about all that. But if it starts going terribly straight away, you maybe could uh, uh, a slightly mentally weak fighter could start doubting himself if he's on the bottom beating elbows and. You, Conor, Conor McGregor, or Ronda Rousey, or John Jones have been like, "I'm going to take you down, I'm going to elbow a hole in your face," and then that's happening, and they're like, "Shit," you know. But if it starts going, dark, then they, they just forget about that, and they're just in the zone then. But that's just a theory yeah. as well.
0: Like. I think it doesn't make a blind bit of difference once they, you know, once they exchange letter I think it's all down to your game plan and how well you can put it out, and how good you know how good your skills are, and how good the you know. Your game plan is to make those, put those skills, you know, into into work and just getting onto this fight. I I wrote last week that like Cody Garbrandt has all the ability. He has you know the speed, the power, and everything to beat Dominic Cruz. But I don't think he could do it because I didn't think he could keep that game plan going for five rounds. But he did. He just did it. He like I, I I couldn't have been more impressed with what he did. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Like, he beat Dominic Cruz in the way you have to beat him. And that's not buying his fence, being patient, and taking your chances when they come. And just th- that I said there, that's all he did for the whole night. And that's how he won the fight. And it's amazing how many people can't do that because Dominic Cruz is so good at not letting people do that. And, you know, Dominic Cruz said afterwards as well, and I thought it was a huge point, that Cody Garbrandt, you know, Cody wasn't attacking him, and that was a huge thing. He couldn't do that because if he did that, it'd play right into Dominic's hands. So Dominic, Dominic said afterwards that. I wasn't just gonna like let him sit there and wait for me to come or, to, to to come onto him. I was coming onto him, you know. He Dominic said he just went he went for him, and he did. He did that in fairness. Like Dominic Cruz made it an exciting fight, you know. And he said I'd rather have an exciting fight than two of us just standing there waiting for each other to come so we could, you know, so we could exchange. And look, fair play to him. He he ended up losing his belt because he did that, but you know, you have to respect, you have to respect what he did, but I thought it was just a fantastic fight, an absolutely fantastic performance from Cody Garbrandt, I, you know, it's one of those coming-of-age fights that we don't really expect, because we've never seen him doing anything like that before, because he's, you know, his fights have been so one-sided, maybe, or even, you know, even when he went three rounds with guys, uh, I think he went to the last round, was it, was a Brimage or Briona, one of those guys, mm-hmm. and he still dominated, but we didn't, you know, we didn't see it, and we didn't see it against, obvious, uh, you know, the level of fighter of Dominic Cruz, the best fighter he's ever fought is is Thomas Almeida, and that's a different, you know, that's a different styles, matchup of power, but I uh, just couldn't be more impressed with, with Cody Arbrandt than uh, what he did on Saturday or Friday. Yeah,
1: yeah he looked brilliant. I uh, Like as I, I said before, I thought that Dominic Cruz would be the one who was mixing in a couple of takedowns in order to established rounds like just at the end really close rounds but Cody Garbrandt was actually doing that that was something we hadn't really seen from him at all because as you say doesn't we don't we haven't seen him that much I think we both kind of thought it might be coming a bit too soon for Cody this title shot but that he may be able to be to win the the belt and beat Dominic Cruz in the future yeah but he seems to he seems to be growing a lot quicker than we thought or maybe he has more skills than we thought because he hadn't had a chance to show them nobody had kind of put him under pressure he he it's all it all been a bit easy for him except for the the, the UFC 189 fight where where he kind of got a little bit frustrated maybe the, maybe the fact that he got frustrated there in that fight he he realized that he closed that in his game he said like I'm not gonna do, that's not gonna happen again and and yeah he just looked brilliant like he really looked brilliant he Dominic Cruz w- w- was out of sorts and he was, he was he was mocking Dominic Cruz constantly he even did like a push up at one stage it was like he, he was just toying with Dominic Cruz which is just unbelievable really yeah <laughs> it was,
0: like it, it was one of those, <clears throat> um, one of those fights where Dominic Cruz was—you uh, know—he was ahead of the game for such a long time, and now he's been caught up a little bit, I think. And that's no knock on Dominic Cruz; I think he's still excellent, he's still an excellent fighter, but. Cody Garbrant's also an excellent fighter, and he had an excellent game plan, and he did it very well. And I think, you know, yeah. that's how good Bantamware is. Bantamweight is a disgusting division. Like, when you think you've Tom Dukemois, Marlon Moraes outside of the UFC, and then you have TJ Dillashaw, who will go on to soon. You know, you have yeah, John in the crew. Yeah, as so, you've John Linnaker, who fought pretty well against TJ Dillashaw in, in sports. You know, you've Jimmy Rivera coming on there doing well. Uh, Brian Carraway, Aljamain Sterling, John Dodson, Almeida. You know, all really, really good fighters in, in that division. And, you know, Garbrandt, I didn't think he could do it, but he. you know, just an unbelievable display. Like, I thought one thing that was really, really good with him was, and I, I said his timing was really good last week, and I said it in my previous week, but... but it's not just it, it, There's a difference between time and say, if you're fighting, okay, if he fought T, no, maybe not TG, but if he fought Uriah Faber or if he fought, you know, Anthony Pettis, anyone, take anyone you know, for in any division timer. But Dominic Cruz is so difficult to time because he has all these different movements, and what he he did was it was like I use a I've used the cricket analogy before, but. You know, when you wait for the ball to come onto you and then you strike it, you know, when it's already taken its trajectory, that's kind of what Dominic, what uh, Cody Garbrandt was doing to Dominic Cruz. He was waiting for him. He let him do his feints, didn't react to him at all. And then when he actually came in, that was when he reacted. And when he was in there, he was so fast that, the, Dominic Cruz, right, he, he throws all his feints, he expects you to move, and then he does things, right? But when he, he threw his feints, he uh, Cruz through his fence. Cody didn't move and then when Cruz actually came in to strike he usually pulls away out really quick so you can't hit him but Cody was so fast that he caught him when he was still in there and that's something that nobody's been able to do now Uriah, Uriah Faber did it once and he knocked him down in their first UFC fight which would have been their middle fight their second fight I,
1: mean, I think Faber failed more, more luck in that it was kind of after the break like straight after yeah. the break he was, he was landing on Cruz it wasn't really it wasn't really like this but yeah I know what you're saying he he actually landed punches and dropped down Dominic Cruz as well,
0: yeah, but yeah, he like Faber mentioned that once, and was as you say, I was kind of on a break, a little bit lucky, but he was actually like timing him and catching him there over and over and over. You like I-, I scored the fight uh three two to Garbrandt with no yeah, ten totally. eight, but I was I was watching it back and yeah, that I was very was close to giving a ten eight. Yeah, it was, it was definitely. I was very I, close I to getting a I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was a
1: 10-8. Like, I I know he got dropped, but I don't think he was that close to being finished. like Cardi Garbrandt could have finished him, I think, if he had stepped in instead of taunting him. But the fact that he didn't do that, and uh, Cruz landed a good few strikes in, the, in that round, and I think it was a good few leg kicks in there as well. I don't think he got completely d- dominated in, in in the grappling and striking in that round. I think it was very, very close, though, and I think it would definitely be a 10-8 in the new rules that were in as of now.
0: Watching it back, he knocked him down, and as you said you know, that time he pointed at him he could have finished him right that was there but then at the end of the round he literally knocked him down like four times in a row i was like that you know that had, just has to be a 10-8 because i know cruz did land some some good shots and stuff before but uh cody was dominating that round and you know with like five knockdowns i think you i think you have to give that a 10-8 you know i didn't at the time because but that was five of them, knockdowns was it it was it was like that. Like there was one said cruise,
1: three, maybe no. Uh,
0: I don't know. Cruise was just like the daily one, and there was three or four at the end. It was four or five knockdowns. anyway. like cruise was, there's a thing with Cruz as well. And I, I just just before I get to that, at the end of that round, he was actually he like he was like a pinball, just like getting knocked down and back up, getting knocked down. Like his chin is just unbelievable. But there's this thing with Cruz as well. Um, it looks very bad for him because do you know the way? Like he puts in his head and then he like pulls it out to the side. Sometimes when yeah. Cody Quinn Cody threw punches, threw hooks like with his right hook, and then Cruz pulled away, it looked like he had hurt him, but he actually didn't even hit him. Like it, and that's a that's a very odd thing about uh
1: yeah about he avoids punch point. by such a fine fine margins. Cruz does that sometimes people think he's being hit. Like people, yeah. I remember at the time of the Royal Faber fight, the second fight between Royal Faber and Don Cruz, people thought Roy had won, but then when you look back at it, he's actually just dodging nearly all of favor strikes.
0: Yeah, like. Garbrandt's defence as well was just spectacular like his head movement his head (laughs) movement yeah exactly just I've like ever since that TJ Dillashab hit him him row one fight I don't think there's been a better performance from an up and coming you know challenger like that Uh, McGregor against uh, Alvarez was obviously you know that was a super fight so I wouldn't really count that but you know, yeah, just, McGregor's
1: a favorite in that as well.
0: Yeah, just you know, sp- spectacular. Can't say enough good things about Cody Garbrand. And afterwards, as well, you know, bringing that young boy in, like you know, I, I think a lot of people had Cody wrong. I think I had as well. You know, it's he seems like a really nice guy. And afterwards, it, like, there's star quality in him as well there's just his fighting style his personality i think there's there's definitely something there but he doesn't realize it you know he doesn't know he was asked in the press conference do you think you could be next star and he kind of like didn't even give an he's like um maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> he, you did know, you know,
1: see yeah gareth A. davis's tweet about the, yeah. the kid and cody
0: i did yeah
1: T- tell the people if they haven't very funny i'm almost in tears here watching uh watching cody with his with his son in the in the in the cage giving him the belt
0: like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh that's not his son, Gareth. <laughs> Gareth probably wasn't even watching. Do you remember when we were at USC Dublin? Like he he strolled in like halfway through the main event. <laughs> just like sat Took in the room drinking row, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> what a man. But yeah, uh just spectacular performance. Um a lot of the talk afterwards was obviously about TJ Deusha, who we'll get to next, uh who, who won against uh John uh, Lineker. But uh, Cody Garbrandt said he wanted to give the immediate rematch to to Dominic Cruz. Whoever jubilee you on that? Who do you think deserves an extra? I probably
1: go. I probably go with Dom Cruz just because he's he's been the best of the division for so long. But I don't have a problem with it either way. To be honest, I think it, it can wait as well. Like you know, there's no rush with that rematch either.
0: UFC is rigged, Greg. Right? UFC is rigged. <laughs> yeah. That's, right. That's uh, I I think I give it to TJ. To be honest. Um, I look. I love seeing the fight again. It is an easy sell. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing Dominic maybe take take a while. You know, he's had three fights now since he got back from his injury. He's still working with that uh, plantar fasciitis thing. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a physio, and he he said like that's the thing that people usually get when they're after coming back from a serious injury so it would have be normal for Cruz to get it but it's because it's like wear and tear after you haven't been putting wear and tear in it for so long and then it kind of goes away after maybe two or three or four months but it's like quite a year now since Dominic Cruz is back and he still has it so that's you know that's a little bit worrying but um, I wouldn't mind seeing him take three or four months off maybe come back against someone like a, <sighs> a tough Iver John Inaker but you know someone a Michael McDonald or a you know, an Eddie Weinland or someone like that, not not anyone you know too easy or a Jimmy Rivera even or someone like that. Um, give him one of those fights and have have TJ Dillashaw fight uh, Cody Garbrandt because that's just just a fantastic fight for me. Someone asked me who I picking in that. I'm not even sure to be honest. I'd I'd have to go back and watch it. Like this, you could throw everything you you thought you knew about or about um Cody Garbrandt out the window after this. You know. It's just he's a new fighter now. And we have to look at him in, in different ways. I think very similar to, to Dillashaw after the the Barrow fight, but yeah, I suppose uh, who so who do you think you said you'd have the cruise rematch? Well, um, I like
1: I, I I think I I, I think Cruz had both his ankles strapped up, so maybe maybe he doesn't need time with yeah. with his heel and whatever other problem he had with his foot or ankle, and in if Cody and uh, TJ are both. Uh, both uninjured they can do that within three four months time even less and there's, there's no rush with the down cruising so i'm like uh, both but both decisions are good decisions They're about really good fights like neither of them are going to go away you can you can you, like there's no urgency to make one fight over the other yeah so it's it's it's, it's either or it's 50 50 really
0: yeah i i didn't agree with that yeah Let's get to Dillish. I saw so, um fought John Lineker uh, over three rounds. I think we called it last week. He won a, he won a new unanimous decision. We didn't call it any of the, the other two, so we, we'll take this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought Lineker did pretty well in, in the first round, even though TJ Dillish still clearly won it. I thought he was landing some good shots. He landed his left hook a couple of times. Um, But I think the second round, t- TJ, and even in the first round as well, getting those takedowns were just huge, you know.
1: Yeah, great yeah, He's So top.
0: aggressive. He's elbows in the mount. Now you know Lina Krupp has defending them all with his face. Like and it was just a tremendous performance. Look, like Dillashaw look like a man possessed inside there. You know, he's we know what what Dillashaw's like uh, on the feet. You know, he's you know he's wild movement and he's doing Bang Ludwig kind of style. Um, and we we've heard all. You know, everyone has heard of everything about him being the aggressive one in the gym and him being ultra competitive, but. I think on Friday night he just showed exactly what people were talking about. You know, that just an absolute domination over John Lineker. and uh, John Lineker, who's a different type of fighter than what he used to be. You know, good technical fighter, and I think yeah, Dillashaw really showed him up, just absolutely dominated him for the whole three rounds.
1: Yeah, he, he was. Re- yeah, as you say, his, his top ground and pound was was brilliant. He looked like he looked like at one stage that the ref was getting close to stepping in. On uh,
0: yeah,
1: I think I think uh, Lineker was being a bit too tough for his own good. He was trying to throw uh, punches from the bottom in response to being elbowed and punched in the face instead of defending and trying to get a better position or recover guard or or something he was trying to just punch back but that was never going to work but uh the, the ref let it go i think it was late in the round so the ref kind of kind of probably took that into account as well that it was going he was going to get out of this in 20 30 seconds at the end of the round so but um yeah it only it looked like uh as you say, the first round, on, first round was was close enough. Even though TJ did win, did win on my card as well, but then he just took over the fight. He just Lineker got a bit tired. I think he he TJ just his timing was brilliant. He he, he really he really showed how good he really is. Like like that Dom Cruz fight was really close.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, like a lot of people still think and thought at the time that that he won that fight. Like TJ, I know people. A lot of people don't like him because of. Um, the alpha male, even after the way he left Alpha male, and a lot of people who love Connor don't like him because uh, they took a, they took Connor's side against him on the Ultimate Fighter and stuff. But TJ's a very good fighter, like, and he's always. Nearly always an entertaining fight.
0: He's almost reptilian, like in his movements, isn't he? Inside the cage,
1: <laughs> what a man! Yeah, I think he still gets replies on his Instagram to like uh, on his Instagram posts of like snake icons and stuff. People are relentless,
0: <laughs> poor old chap. Uh, but in fairness, he did call it like you know, he did call it in fairness. Um, yeah, so I suppose we've talked about what's next for him. If TJ doesn't get the title shot, you know. I think there's plenty of guys there for him to fight as well. Jimmy Rivera maybe is is the obvious one there. With we probably Brian Caraway as well. You know, I think he wins either those two fights, but it's hard it's hard to not give him that title shot now. I think, but um, yeah, Bantamweight division is just going to be unbelievable for next year, especially if they sign, you know, those two good guys coming in as well, because they're just going to make that division even stronger. Um, well, let's get to the, the other fights in, on the card. Dong Hyun came against Tarek Safadine this the what we had to bet on, wasn't great it? Decision, great decision. Great <laughs> decision. In reality, though, it was a pretty bad decision, wasn't it? Um, Tarek Saffidine lost a split decision. Um, it wasn't a great I, fight. I,
1: I, I, I had a twenty-nine, twenty-eight for Tarek Saffidine, but I, but I, uh, I said in the podcast last week that I thought I had a feeling that Dong would win a decision, so I was right. Yeah,
0: I owe you a point. You got judge. screwed by the MMA judges. I get you that one. That's all I really have to say about that fight. Ray Borg, against, <laughs> Ray Borg against uh, Lewis Smolka. God, uh, Smolka, he looked he looked pretty bad in there. I th- I, I don't know. He looked cost, terrible on the scale yeah, the
1: day before as well. Like uh, he actually killed himself to get down to the weight, and then Ray Borg just gave up on the weight course uh, four pounds over. So I think yeah. that was probably the right choice by Ray Borg. <laughs> Uh, if he's only going to lose thirty percent, maybe they they could have come to some kind of agreement if uh, Borg had got onto Lewis Mulk earlier. But maybe that was part of the part of the the plan from from Ray Borg.
0: Yeah, the thing with Lewis Mulk as well, you know, and the reason I picked him is because he always looks really dangerous on the bottom, and he always, you know, grabs onto a neck or you know a limb to, to take a, a submission. But he just—I don't know—he didn't seem himself on Friday night. He, yeah, didn't he looked really, very
1: tentative on the feet as well, didn't he? Yeah,
0: he did. Like credit to Bark as well. I like—we spoke about Barg last week, and he's a very, very good top game. I mean, ground and pound is very good. But even at one stage, bar pushed him up against the fence and Smolka kind of went for a guillotine, but he kind of only half went for it. You know, before Smolka, I'd be pulling guard. He'd be getting his—you know—his two legs up in his back, and he'd be talking on that guillotine. But he just. I don't know, he just didn't see a minute. Uh, I think the wake up was, was very tough for him. He, you know, he's a big guy as well, I think. Maybe, you know, Pantone might be a good move for him, even though, even though, you know, 125 is pretty pretty shallow. And he do yeah, that's that's true as well. I don't know, I think it might be doing him more harm than good, you know. Although, you know, Borg, Borg was a tough matchup for him as well. Um, I think, you know, Borg is a guy, if he missed weight, I know he... He might uh, he might make it next time, but we'll see. Just on that as well. And I know the next fight we'll get to Johnny Hendricks, obviously Miss White as well. What do you think of these these all early wins? You know, there was a lot of chat about it, and I was talking to to Ian Kid, who's obviously a, a huge expert in in the whole field of wake cutting and stuff like that. And you know, I mentioned something to him that I, something that I'd been thinking, and it's a very, um, maybe it's a very basic kind of a point, but just getting up early in the morning and, I, and he, I said it to him and he he agreed with me he's like that's that's the thing that's that's huge you know these guys have to get up earlier and they're you know their their metabolism maybe isn't working as hard and stuff early in the morning they have to cut that weight and that you know that's the thing that's hurting them and there's also just the routine of getting used to it. you know these guys for years and years and years were doing it at the same time and now it's being brought back earlier and their routine is just shade, and especially as well with the friday card this time that's another day you know, as well as the eight hours less that you have to to cut on fight week, and I don't know. I think I'm not, I think they're a good idea. In theory, but I think things need to be changed, and you know, with the UFC, with the commission, and with the fighters themselves. So this spate of of miss missing weight has gone in because I think Mike Bon put up the stat before they came in. The early wins came in. There was one person missed weight, and in the same month time after they came in, twenty one people have missed weight. So there's obviously something there. You know, uh, what do you think about them?
1: Well, maybe maybe they could just open the window for longer. Yeah, uh, have it from what. Like 12 or 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. I know it, it'll be a lot of standing around waiting, but if it, if it make, means everybody makes weight safely, then it's worth it. Yeah. Even if they did, like. I don't think they're a bad idea, though. Yeah. I don't think they're, they're a bad I, idea I agree, to, to like... let people weigh in early. If they're already on weight, you don't want them sitting there for, for hours waiting, uh, completely dehydrated for, for hours. Like just, just waiting to stand on a scale so they can rehydrate. But
0: yeah, it is.
1: A, there is a lot of people missing weight all of a sudden now, and, and people are stuck in their ways, or, they have routines, and it takes a while to adjust, i say that's partly it as well, but maybe maybe they need to open the window a bit longer as well, just to to help them make it successfully, and make it healthily.
0: Yeah. Or else have a couple of different windows. Well, as healthily
1: as you can, when we're yeah. cutting loads of water from your body that is
0: yeah that's kind of the the big this is kind of a you know a point within a point really because it's it's the act of weight cutting itself is the biggest problem really but i suppose once we have that we have to deal with it but you know i was saying as well maybe if they did like between open window between 10 10 and 11 12 and 1 and then like 2 and 3 maybe have 3 hours there where people if they want to cut weight during the day they can do it or if they want to cut weight in the morning they can do it as well and i think that is I think that will make uh, more sense. He wouldn't have to be standing around in all day either. But um, Yeah, it's easy to it's, do as well. Yeah, I suppose, you know, I think it's, it's going in the right direction anyway, but um, hopefully it gets We might have uh, Johnny Hendricks
1: while we talk about the early <laughs> way. And, uh, Indeed. Jesus. Go on to give us he a looked, So Even the day before at the Open workouts, he was just out of it.
0: Yeah, he, that – that uh. Interview was it a scrum or was it Ariel Ariel interview? I think it was a scrum. Yeah,
1: it was a scrum, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Ariel kind of him and Ariel kind of had a bit of a back and forth for a while in the scrum.
0: You know what I mean? What I'm yeah, saying? <laughs> yeah,
1: he he was acting really weird. He, he wasn't even finishing his sentences properly. He was kind of he was very erratic. Yeah. He looked like he was he was um, about to weigh. It looked like he'd already cut all the weight, and he was about to weigh in. He, like he he, he <laughs> I I wonder how much weight he still had to cut at that stage. Like he probably still had to cut several pounds. At least, yeah. there was a picture that came out. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's real or, or or what. But there was a picture of him lying on the floor, I'm trying to cut weight, and he looked you know,
0: like. The thing about hendrix is, some guys gonna go in there and they're absolutely drained. You see them like, you know, not a look. Look at Pettis, perfect example. You know, not a bit of fat in their body. But Johnny hendrix doesn't look like that. Johnny Hendricks looks like he's plenty he left the car yeah, Johnny Hendricks know, definitely
1: not a middleweight he's definitely a welterweight yeah, 100%. he, he should, should be anyway he just you see him <clears throat> posting people post pictures that he's posted on his instagram and twitter of him like standing there with, with a big burger or whatever or with a belly on him you need to you need you need to eat healthy even when you're not eat healthily anyway maybe not healthy all the time but relatively healthy when you're out of camp so that you don't miss weight and your performances don't suffer because you've cut so much weight like it, it's it's just silly
0: I, I just don't think he can do it at this edge i think he just needs to move to 185 and you know? i think i just think don't think he's going to do it uh,
1: What what's going to happen at 185 to him though he's not going to match up well against anybody no, he's there he's
0: not but he seems to have kind of given up in his career <laughs> don't know. He, he's that kind of air about him doesn't he I, I saw some other people mentioning that as well it's not just me but
1: yeah yeah maybe that's part of it like maybe like he's like you know it's a job to him now and it was a passion before and now he just he just he preferred to just go and eat, eat a lot of barbecues and drink or whatever he does I'm not, like i don't know what johnny hendrix does i don't know if he drinks or whatever but but um he doesn't seem that dedicated like it he just doesn't uh, um he wouldn't, like, he wouldn't just maybe maybe people. it's just a, a rut he's in and he can get out of it and he can he, he can sort it out but um he needs he seems to need somebody looking after him making sure what he's eating somebody making his meals for him somebody somebody like a nutritionist to go with him even out of camp not just in camp
0: like i think probably the best thing could happen to johnny hendrix like for me it looks like he won the the ufc belt and he reached his goal and like what am i fighting for now you know i've already got to where i wanted to get to like Mm -hmm. i think the best thing that probably happened to johnny hendrix is he gets caught or he fights out his his deal and he goes to Beltor and fights a middleweight you know there's, there's a lot, you know. There's a lot of better fight. Even that, like that Charles on fight, that's a winnable fight for for Johnny Hendricks, I think. Um, you know, there's plenty of fights there in the middle of that division. Bellator is probably probably a bit better off over there, uh, fighting. I think they'd they'd probably use him better than the UFC could use him now anyway. And I think it'll be you know probably a good move for everyone. But yeah, I don't know. He's like he looks like a lost cause, Johnny Hendricks, even to himself and everything. I just I don't know. He's he could a be a man.
1: bit depressed or something like that. Yeah, Maybe yeah. He, can, he can get himself out of it. Like, but. But maybe he needs to take some time off and and reevaluate and see, does he actually want to do this? And if he doesn't, then, I don't know, what, 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 is he going to be a wrestling coach? I think I think he said before he started MMA, you kind of have to make a decision of, I'm going to become a wrestling coach or I'm going to do MMA. Maybe, maybe he could open up his own gym and MMA gym or wrestling gym, whatever he wants. Maybe that's not what he wants, though. It's hard to know yeah. with, uh, with Johnny Hendricks, really.
0: Yeah, like this performance as well wasn't the worst of, you know his last few to be honest I thought he looked okay I, I thought he was adding in wrestling better than he had but, uh, tw-
1: two or three years ago he would have ran I through well, yeah, I,
0: uh, 100% yeah but I'm saying like the Wonder Boy fight and uh, whoever else he fought like over the last two or three fights he you know this was better than any of those performances I think yeah. but yeah obviously him against GSP or something he just destroyed the Johnny Hendricks now but yeah you scored the same as I, t- I did I think 29-28 Magny but uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think it could have gone anywhere really. Yeah, yeah was,
1: f- uh, Usually the judges yeah. g- would give it the other way because it was a it was a late triangle temples and at elbows that didn't look that close in the first round. It didn't look that close either time, but it was kind of m- one of the more significant moments of each round, the first and the third round. But uh, like if somebody if somebody gave, if somebody scaved that twenty nine twenty eight to Hendricks, I'm not open arms. Like it was, it was obviously a very close fight.
0: Yeah, even 30-27 Hendricks, I think, is an okay score. I think the only bad score is thirty twenty seven. I think the third Madden round. Either.
1: I think the third, the third round was definitely Magny. Yeah, I gave it him two well, but I but it was,
0: Yeah, I think it was close enough too. But well, Johnny Hendricks
1: did nothing in the round really. When he got a takedown, yeah. he did, he got. I think he got. Did he get two takedowns in that round? I think he did. He just he just did nothing except he actually was getting beaten up from the bottom.
0: Yeah, he did. Yeah, not a good win for for Neil Magny, I suppose. And you know he's kind of one of those guys that's hanging around the. That featherweight division, uh, and you you know,
1: talk about any of the other fights before, uh,
0: before we talk about Olivera and Means. Yeah, we will. Yeah, Would you, just before we move on to that, magny next. You know, Stallion came on there, they're ranked eight and nine. Do you think that or have they fought before? But I don't think they have. I think that'd be probably a good fight next. What you think? Yeah, well, um, looking for someone to fight.
1: yeah I'd love uh, Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Um. Did Lorenz Larkin, did his free agency get sorted out or did
0: he? No, they just fought as well, but uh, by the sounds of it, I think he's going to Bellator, but... Well, he's not gone yet, but by the looks of it... um, Yeah, but we'll Mm -hmm. see anyway. I suppose, yeah... Allenberger, maybe? Maybe, yeah, maybe. Um, Big KO by Alex Garcia on my pile, and a good triangle as well by uh, Nico Price on Brandon Tatch. Brandon Tatch, who just looks... He looks like one of those guys who was just really, really good, and then he went really, really bad all of a sudden. And you know, I think just the, you know, the, the a bit like Rosie. You know, the, the bad parts of his game are just illuminated, and I think Gunnar Nelson had a big thing to do with that as well. And you know, he has people know
1: the blueprint to beat him. To, to get him on the ground where he's just not. He's just not top level on the ground at all. So yeah. and people know that. They they just want to get a take them by any means, and he gets demoralized. It seems as well. Uh, by that like back in the Benson Henderson fight when he fought Benson Henderson. I know Benson Henderson's uh, an undersized 170 uh, one seven year, but uh he's showed a lot more resilience in that fight than, than he's than he's shown since. I think yeah I think once he lost that kind of undefeated momentum and uh, belief in belief that he's unstoppable, it kinda seems to have affected him. Yeah,
0: great. right, let's get to this this last fight. Um <clears throat> Tim Mean's defeats <laughs> I can't even say uh, defeats Alex Al- Oliveira. No, oh no, it was a no contest. No, right? it was a no contest. Yeah, uh, Oliveira should have won yeah. by DQ. Disqualification. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, the, what happened in the fight was Oliveira was down on one knee. Um, Timney, Tim means knee him twice in the head, and Oliveira couldn't go on. You know, there were pretty bad knees. They were like knockout-worthy knees, although he bled it up a little bit, I think. And the fight had to be stopped. So that's you know, clear disqualification, no doubt about it. Nobody could even argue with it. But what went on after that was just the biggest shitshow maybe to ever have seen in on a UFC broadcast. <laughs> it was just terrible. Um, Dan Mergliata the, was the referee for the fight. Uh, he said there were unintentional knees, uh, so the fight would be no contest. like that, And that was the least egregious thing that, that happened. They clearly weren't. Sh- clearly should have been a disqualification. Then Joe Rogan comes on and says because he had a knee on the ground and he didn't have his hands on the ground that they were actually legal knees the knees were the, the knees were legal when they clearly weren't then mark ratner the ufc uh voice, voice president, president of regulatory
1: affairs
0: yeah, yeah came on the broadcast said again that they were legal knees and that the you know that they should have that they should have counted um And it just went went back and forth for ages. Joe Rogan got into the cage, interviewed Tim Means, said he thought they were legal. Tim Means said, yeah, I know what they were legal knees. This fight either should have gone on or I should have won. Meanwhile, John McCarthy sitting outside just like jumping up and down, like hands in his head, gone insane. He went out and told Joe Rogan and and Joe Rogan went and cleared up in the broadcast. But it was just absolutely terrible. Like there was three people there between Means, Rogan and Ratner and not one of them knew the correct um yeah. rules and it was clear and
1: no. obvious yeah i think rogan also said that them that that knee would have been legal in the new rules coming up as well and that's not true as well to be
0: no no the ru-
1: if you have a knee yeah. down one one knee or two knees down you're you're down you're a downed opponent even if you don't if you order if you have one foot up in the air it doesn't matter as long as your knee is down you're a downed opponent
0: yeah the rule is okay we'll talk about before the new year the rule is anything but the soles of your feet on the ground so if you have your index finger on the ground, you're if, a ground you a opponent. if you do a handstand you're a ground opponent if you put your knee down you're ground opponent if you if your arse on the ground you're down opponent your back you're down opponent anything other literally any other part of the body is soles your feet you're down now after the first of the year you can put a hand down as well one hand so you know that rule where they're up against cage and one guy has a hand down you can still knee him in. but if he's two hands down you can't um and that's the rule going forward so a knee down no matter as long if your
1: knee's as long as yeah.
0: knee's not down yeah if um, this three point rule forget about that that doesn't count if you if your knee if you're just somehow standing on only on your knee you're down and you can't be struck uh to the head with, with uh, kicks or knees so you know that's the rule it's pretty simple rule you know it's been and Joe Rogan on the podcast as well saying oh it's amazing. we've never seen this before in the UFC what it's happened loads of times Ross Pearson had happened with not too long ago against um oh uh, Mar- 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 marvin what's his name the guy Dan knocked out with a, melvin gillard yeah gillard. you know it ha- happens all the time yeah but it's just terrible
1: yeah it was terrible it was an absolute mess it was they should be embarrassed yeah. uh rogan and uh ratner yeah. he's, he's the he's the he's in charge of the vice president of regulatory affairs and he doesn't know a simple rule it's just yeah.
0: Ridiculous. Yeah, like it is simple, I think, is the is the big word there. It was a simple rule, like these it's not something you know it's not something big it's not something unusual that you don't see it's not Something it's, the it's regular, yeah, exactly. Yeah. like i was shouting at the television like he's like what is going on what are you doing but um look it was it was cleared up in here and i hope like this is, is maybe a learning thing for a lot of people hopefully people can realize uh the actual rule now and uh, we know it from from now on but everybody um, knew it
1: except for rogan and ratner <laughs> yeah and Tim I, means as well now tim means doesn't have a clue what he's fighting like how does he not know the rules
0: yeah that that is true uh right let's get to the to the questions before we do that uh let's give a shout out to our sponsors rostnutrition.com head on over to our website Nutrition.com. get 25 percent off your first order with the promo code severe mma you know you new year coming up now new year new me graham you're, you're one of those guys aren't you you'll be in the gym now and monday morning uh, or tuesday morning whatever it is working no. out you need you need some protein you need to get on over to Nutrition.com, throw it all into your basket Use the promo code SEVERE and may get 25% off your first order. Help us. Help you. First question. From at Mr. Podge, as usual, Happy New Year to you, Mr. Podge. At one, Mr. Podge, do you think the UFC knew about Cyborg's uh, potential use out of violation before making the home the enemy fight?
1: No, uh, no, I, I don't think so, no.
0: Yeah, I think if they did know, they wouldn't have made it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think they uh, would.
1: They definitely wouldn't have wouldn't have made the division if, if uh, I think they were going out of the way for cyborg to make this division. That's why Dana Dana seemed sh- to be uh, shocked that she turned down the fights, but and then he kind of said, "Oh, it makes more sense now that she she had this potential violation." Yeah. But he, he he's playing it. He's <laughs> playing it like he didn't know, and I, I believe him, even though I usually wouldn't. believe him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, Farrell Fanley, another good friend of the podcast, asks thoughts on Kiefer Crosby versus Joe McCulligan at Bama, the next Bama.
1: Um, has it been announced? No, but he's <laughs>
0: saying if that was to happen.
1: Oh, um, yeah. I don't. I, I think Joe McCall. I don't think Joe will be fighting on that card. Will he
0: know?
1: They, they, oh, they didn't. They didn't put him on this card. I think they know just, why. This, this card. This card that just happened. The the Bamator card. Joe yeah. McCoggan should have been on that card. It, it was. It was ridiculous. Why didn't they have him on it? He just beaten uh, Peter Quigley on their on their previous show. It was it was a terrible decision, but um, <coughs> yeah, I don't think that I don't think that fight will happen on Bama and Belfast. Yeah. I don't think we'll see McCaughan on the card.
0: No. Um, at one, Mr. again asks Mike Goldberg his last um, his last uh, foray into the UFC. We spoke a little bit about it last week, but after his lap, do you think he'll be missed? And who do you think uh, who do you think should replace him?
1: Well, I think. Your man, Jim Rome, is yeah. it? He's yeah. replacing him. Well, uh, well, a lot of rumours about that, but uh, I don't know much about him. I've heard him interview Dana or The Odd Fighter on his radio show over the years, but he's never done anything like this before. It's 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 probably going to be a lot of teething problems anyway, I'd say. I um, wouldn't be surprised if he didn't last very long. Just... Uh, <coughs> it's a it's a completely different game than hosting a radio show maybe he'll be a natural at it. maybe they've done some tests some test broadcasts that we don't know about or something that, that they think he's going to be really good but maybe we're going to be proved wrong but um i would have preferred somebody like i think we said talked about this before like Maro and or somebody like that to be to be brought in
0: <laughs> yeah i agree um yeah marinello is the man if they can get him but uh i don't think they will i think it will be jim rome unfortunately uh at mclean asks um do you think the percentage of armchair psychologists will die off now after Cody beat Dominic Cruz?
1: No, no, definitely not. No, no, no. no, no. The armchair. What else would people talk about before fights? They weren't. <laughs> uh, they weren't analyzing their every movement and twitch and <laughs> word.
0: I think it's all right to do that, though. I like. I like doing that myself, but I think you need to separate you know people find it very hard to separate the fight from the to build up and i i've always found that very weird it's like well like you know it, someone you know twitching that away or like you know someone having to be pulled back like it makes no difference like the next day is a different day you know it's i i don't think uh i don't think it makes much of a difference to be honest now there's obviously rare occasions that it does but you know i, I find it very very odd like there's a lot of these lads know what they're doing as well, you know, and know they're building up a fight, and I think uh,
1: yeah, a lot of guys know they're hyping to fight. Yeah. They're, they're, they've done this many times; like it's not their first rodeo.
0: That is true. That is true. Uh, Mr. Bodjas as well, just a definitive <laughs> answer from both of us. Do you think? Um, do you think this will be the last time we ever see Ronda, And what do you think her a legacy is as a, as a pioneer for women's MMA? Um,
1: yeah, I, I think uh, I don't think she'll come back anytime soon. She may come back in the future. I doubt it, though. I just doubt she'll, she'll return. But, uh, no, her legacy is cemented as, uh, like, making, popularizing. I know Gina Carano was very popular in women's MMA, but Gina Carano, or, no, sorry, Ronda Rousey brought it to, like, show and yeah. brought it to the masses. Like, <coughs> really, really, like, the whole division was built around her. Like, all these, all these fighters would be there if, if, like, Dana White at one stage had said, then the women will never fight in the UFC. Yeah, I think it was some kind of like TMZ interview where he's walking out of a fucking pub or a restaurant and they just, just camera in the face and he said they'll never fight in the UFC. So no, I don't think I don't think she could lose four or five in a row. I don't think anything can really affect her her status as a pioneer.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think she's kind of a chocolate L type figure, you know, who brought the UFC from one level to another, and I think she's even she's even bigger because she brought it, you know the whole division and everything to a, to another level. But um, speaking of Chuck Liddell, John Minton asks, ask J, J- Minton, be uh, If my one of my bold predictions for the year comes through and chocolate Liddell fights Tito Ortiz in Bellator, who do you think wins that fight?
1: Hmm. If Chuck Liddell's in shape, I think Chuck Liddell wins.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Tito's been fighting, you know. Tito's been training for the last few years. What has Chuck been doing? I don't know. I'd have a hard time... I'd have a hard time seeing Chuck coming back in there and being able to produce it again. i probably if he, if he was to put in the, the
1: the proper the proper work and get back into good shape, but like he's been out for years, like it's it's not yeah. that easy. Um, you'd have to really commit to it. There'd have to be a lot of money on the table there. I'd say from Bellator.
0: Yeah, what song would you use from John Minton again to to replace Face the Pain if you had
1: to? <sighs> Any song you put in there is just going to get annoying over time. um just some kind of non-lyric, song with no lyrics.
0: Bittersweet Symphony by the Verve. There you go. It's my choice.
1: Trying to make ends meet, you're a slave to money, then you
0: die. <laughs> Appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> 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 Jeff Shannon asks, um, at Mux Biffy, um, if you are the see which one do you make? And I suppose we gave our choices earlier, but do you make Cruz versus uh, Garbrandt? Do you make TJ Dillishaw versus Garbrandt? for the UFC.
1: Um yeah, either either or it depends on who's injured. If 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 they're all fit, um I see I don't think Tom Cruz is fit with the ankle injury, so they'll probably they'll probably do do TJ and Cody.
0: Um yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh Dan asked Daniel Oshia seven ask who's the weakest champion in the UFC at the moment?
1: The weakest champion. Um like who's probably going to lose their title? Quickest, yeah. or I think this um, is, uh, Bisping, um, Max Holloway.
0: <laughs> really, Jesus! I don't know,
1: he's the weakest champion because he has a fake belt.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that true. I, I definitely say Bisping. Um, CP Raftery at Raffle Tweets asks, "Who do you think from the UK and Ireland will be signed by the UFC in 2017?"
1: Um, there should be a few, I'd say. Um, two thousand seventeen. Do you have any in mind?
0: I said in my bold predictions. I think Ryan Cortes will be. You know, I think he said himself. It's it's not. Uh, that's not a bold prediction. That's a fact. But I. It's the it's the time. You know, if if you're to say Ryan Curtis, I think that's a definite, yeah, but it could be longer than the year. I think he'll definitely be signed, but maybe not in the year, but I think he could be. Uh, I think Sinead Kavanaugh, I was going to put her in it, but I don't think that's a ball prediction. I think she will be in the Mm -hmm. UFC very shortly. Um, Joe McCall can get a few fights. I think he's the quality to be in there. Peter Wheeling can get a few more wins. Reese McKee, definitely. You know, I I liked his interview he did after his last fight saying he's in no rush to get in there and stuff, which is is great. But I definitely think he, he could be pretty soon. Yeah.
1: yeah, and D- Dylan obviously just lost in his last fight, but he 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 could put three or four wins together and, and get in. Maybe did maybe not twenty seventeen or not twenty seventeen, but twenty eighteen. Like a lot of these guys, they shouldn't be in a rush. And yeah, and I I just hope that they that they learn from from fighters getting in there too early and taking a couple of losses and like take the Tom Duke and Watt route as we always a uh, route as we always uh we always say.
0: Yeah, um, like. Uh, Obviously you have to look at Norman and, and uh
1: Carl Moore obviously as well,
0: Karl well Yeah, Norman and Norman Park and uh Paul Redmond as well right fighting there, each yeah. other. The winner that could be could be back in there with the show. Um I think Phil Potts uh performance against Tuco well opened a lot of people's eyes to how good a fighter he actually is. And with a few wins, yeah. you know, he could he could be in there as well. Um right if they, if they, if they, how many
1: shows are going to have in ireland as well i think will depend on how many fighters they sign it's it's it's, it's a it's an unpredictable thing like because guys can get injured be out for a while as well and there's a lot of there's a lot of moving moving pieces in it but i think a, a lot of them guys we mentioned will be in the uc at some stage maybe not yeah. 2017 but 2018 2019
0: yeah. Uh, Constant asked about the new rules we discussed that not too long ago uh, Aaron Farrell here asks, and as does Ken Allen about uh, I don't know if you saw it just before we, we started recording Mike, it came out on Michael Bisping and Woodley have agreed to fight you know between themselves kind of a gentleman's agreement and a catch bet, I believe what do you think about that fight who would you pick to win it
1: well they made a gentleman's agreement to fight yeah what does that even mean
0: it means like if the UFC will allow them to fight they'll fight each other
1: Oh yeah, that's probably not going to happen. Um, yeah, I think Woodley would win that.
0: Uh, I do too, yeah. I, I'd actually do, but I'd like to... I mind seeing that fight. Michael Bisping, I actually think it's going to be a non-title fight as well, possibly. And I think Michael will doing anything he can. Why would, do <laughs> this, Why would they do this though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh,
1: Big Red... It would make so little sense, but yeah, I suppose a lot of things doesn't make sense.
0: Big Red at Broadcast News 5 asks, how did the pundits get it so wrong with the Cody fight? Because MMA is hard to call. You know, I thought I brought down the fight pretty well, and I said if if mm. crew uh, Garbrandt can do the things that I thought he couldn't do, he'd win, and he did those things that I thought he yeah. couldn't do, and he did win. So I think I. And I, they were close rounds well. as well. They
1: were. It wasn't a blowout. Like it was just kind of.
0: Yeah.
1: It was just um, Cody. Just he, he like I don't think anybody scored it for Dominic Cruz that I saw. Yeah, a couple of people. So did. he definitely won the fight, but it wasn't. It wasn't a blowout. Like right. I know he got knocked down and and. But one stage actually in the fight, I think it might have been the first or second round. Cody was seemed to be stunned from a shot himself, and he kind of became uh, backed up for a while and recovered. So it wasn't as if um, like I, I thought Dominic Cruz would be edging rounds. Like I didn't think he like he was going to run through Cody. Yeah, Look for- like Dominic Cruz always edges rounds. He he doesn't really he plays like a real. He relies on the judges to get it right, and they've served. They, they've they've actually got, in my opinion, nearly all of his fights right. Yeah,
0: I agree. The, the thing about this is well, it was like, actually
1: a real good judging last night. There was a few, there was, yeah, uh, there was a few tough fights to score, and they all, scored them all right. So maybe we should, in fairness, to judges. Uh, we we call them out when they make terrible decisions. So fair play to them there.
0: Oh, class! no hand for the judges. I think as well, like picking fights as well is. He's overrated. It's like the analysis behind him, I think, is the big thing. And that's I've always said that. You know, I I only give my picks because kind of kinda because it's kinda fun, but I look more into the actual analysis rather than who's gonna win the fight. That's for me anyway. Right. Last question here. Who's the from up the dars at up the dars? Who's the top five ranked women's MMA fighters of all time?
1: Sorry, say that again you broke up a little.
0: Top five ranked women's MMA fighters of all time. Um hmm ronda number one
1: just in terms of everything or in terms of fighting ability or
0: <laughs> i think fight, yeah fighting ability, pound for pound
1: cyborg probably have to be number one yeah. yeah you can make you can make arguments though that the two failed tests or the, the one and the one potential one would take away from that yeah. but uh she's obviously very good um it's tough it's such a such a young division or such, there's such a young um
0: Sport. Make I think, the top, are, I think sport the top three are. I think top three yeah, are easy. I think the top three are Cyborg one, Jacek number two, Ronda for number three, and I think Misha number four as well is is up there. Yeah, number you five. Could make
1: the argument for Joanna being number one the drugs.
0: You could, yeah. Number five. I think number five. I think Amanda Nunes maybe because she beat Holly Holm, and she beat uh, Ronda Rousey. She, she could be uh She could be one up there as well but uh, there's a lot of, there's probably people running this now, there's a lot of, like McGimmy Fuji, I believe was pretty good back in the day, Claire D'Gadella
1: is probably a lot better, than, than a lot of these older ones as well though, you know, she yeah. she probably beat, uh, the the women that were fighting, five, six, seven years ago, that are fighting now, yeah.
0: Jessica, Agu- Jessica Aguilar was like, pound for pound, number one for a long time, before she came to the UFC as well, so maybe you'd have her up there as well, but a uh, good question, I like that, like yeah. yeah, another one in the books, episode 99, episode 100 next week, we don't know what we're going to do yet. We'll probably just have a normal episode. It's a, you know, that's what the people like. That's what the people want. So, if anyone wants to make us an old graphic or an old tune or anything, send it on to us. Uh, Sean at severeandmad You can send it on there or get us on on Twitter or whatever. Um, but yeah, this was an enjoyable show. I'll set now for for next week episode one hundred. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Just another word of thanks. Thanks, you know, f- thanks for listening to podcasts all uh, all year. We couldn't have we couldn't have done it without you thanks to ROS nutrition obviously as well for for supporting us all year you know the likes of um the likes of mr podge and uh you know and Aaron and brian and you know everyone that listens to the podcast uh every week and eamon kieran stapleton all the guys fair play to them like we couldn't do it out all of you and keep the questions coming in we we uh we love hearing from you and uh here's the here's the 100 more 99 more even graham what do you think
1: yeah, be sure to check out Sean's uh, uh, twenty terrible predictions for twenty
0: seventeen, <laughs> and right, Jen, uh, the, awards the awards will be up soon as well. Yeah, the awards will probably be up. Uh, choose a fucking pizza ever since his his selections. It was the same last year, I wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a disgrace that fucker uh but yeah uh, follow me on twitter at sean ba follow graham at severe may like severe on facebook page and uh give him a like as well while you are there to, to my facebook page uh at sean sheen mma i believe it is what a prick yeah a legend you know i getting a lot of likes recently like you know moving on up the social social media <laughs> spectrum <laughs> I've Living nearly in the dream. I've nearly ten thousand followers on Twitter now, Graham. You know, I'll be, t- I'll be going past you soon. But I'll uh, never catch me. I'll never catch.
1: It's like will it, never catch Liverpool.
0: Listen, we're on the way. Fucking Liverpool are lucky against City, aren't they? We're lucky lucky to,
1: was, lucky not to score a couple more.
0: It's a great that Man United are back as well, isn't it? That's that's deadly, you know. Losing it was a,
1: it was a good uh, it was a good result between two also runs, close fought. Uh, man,
0: we'll you. last minute winner. Man United, Liverpool. Two weeks time. Are you ready for it are
1: you ready? Oh yeah, I'm ready for mm. it. Hopefully, they don't park the bus and play six at the back again.
0: Yeah, no, that was you know, that was because Liverpool were playing Anty well football. there and Man United were playing bad, so we had to do it. We had to get the result. But now Man United. Well. That's what
1: we're missing. We're missing our uh, best central defender and Coutinho as well. And we'll, uh, the we'll excuses to to coming back for the Man right? game. The excuses are coming out already. No, i am say we'll probably have them back for the Man oh game. We've been beating Man City and the, the likes without them. Jiz, you have no
0: excuses for the last. one. Adam Milano, your, your boy. He's the most. See that cross yesterday, for fuck's sake. Hoofed was, it in. He was like, he was like, he was trying to clear the ball or in something. And I'm said, Poxy's bastards of all time. He just flew like. police scores and gets his every second game or whatever.
1: Yeah. 20 marks.
0: Paul Pogba was a bargain on hundred million. I'll tell you that it's,
1: it's, a good, it's a good job. Tony Marshall started doing something again, isn't it? Yeah, he's ah, Tony's
0: been good. Tony's been good for a while now. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> let, let's end it. There. We need to start a, a soccer podcast. as so all I think. People I just are just listening. Use each other for an hour <laughs> That'd be good, crack though. That'd be deadly, crack I'm actually going on a Liverpool podcast in a couple of weeks before the Man United match. Oh, yeah. Someone asked me to go on, so that should be fun, right? That's it all. Good, we have. It was a
1: nice uh, half scorpion cake from Giroud to show uh, oh, well, to show how it's nice done, done right. without cheating.
0: You're some bollocks, aren't you? You're some. <laughs> what about Man United yesterday? Even you said, you know, that that hand goal was a goal and the penalty was a penalty. Like, I actually not... didn't
1: see the highlights, but uh, I saw you sent me um a little clip and you yeah. sent me a, a screenshot of his in, him with his foot in the air. But it's a, you know it's it's about time Man United got a couple of decisions here and there against them. It's about time. <sighs> You're fucking a couple of time. weeks ago, didn't they score the most Man United goal of all time? It was like added on time, of added on time, handball, offside, all in the one goal. <laughs>
0: Good goal, and then good you, strike had the, you had
1: a half-scorpion kick way offside as well. Like, I don't think you can be complaining about the refs.
0: Listen, well, in fairness, now the refs have been very bad to Man United. and they usually are very good to them. But uh, look, we leave it at that anyway. This is this is dragging on, right? Thanks, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. Jesus, uh, here's my inspirational quote, and we we'll leave you on that. The happiest people don't necessarily have the best of everything, but they make the best of everything. See you next week.